welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Well, um, I'm going to start with First Peter. I was praying about what to do. I hadn't been here in a while, as you know. And lots of things have changed. I mean, a TV show that goes all over the world doesn't sound like very much. But when you get letters from other countries and uh, places you can't even spell, <clears throat> God's doing good. And all you do is you, st you, you look in this little camera. It's just a big round hole. You know, it stares at you. There's a bunch of them. And they, you, you, you never know which one when they edit. They don't have a red light there, like to do it. TV station, you know which camera's on, but that's live. When you're going to film it and edit it later, you never know which camera they're watching. They're all watching. You know, they're, they're everywhere. And so we didn't know what we were getting into. When the Lord uh, talked to Brother Coleman about us being on, I was 73 years old. I'm on my, I'll be 78 next week, next month. And uh, <clears throat> so normally you don't start something where you're going to need an extra million dollars that year when you're 73, 74. You usually do that when you're 30 or 40, you know. <clears throat> and so, but it was no brainer. If God opened the door, it's time to get through it. Amen. Forget about what's on the other side. It doesn't matter. If God get, opens the door, it's good on the other side. There's more doors, in fact. Once you go through that one, there's more doors. And when he opens them, man, they're all good. It don't matter which one. The, the, how it happens, it's not important. <clears throat> so this has been an exciting, exciting adventure. But there was some warfare along the way. How many of you know that's to be expected? Uh, how many times have you, you had any opportunities to quit yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of opportunities when it gets hard to quit. And if you don't believe God, you will. I got one, that's right, you will. Does anybody else want to vote on that? Listen, if you believe God's bad, or sometimes, if you believe he ever does anything bad, if you believe that you could spend your life believing God and doing things his way, the way, and he would yank the carpet out from under you while you're believing God, then you don't know God. If you tithe, is God going to rip you off? Now, preachers might. There might be some preachers that are not, that don't have integrity. They've lost the, you know, lost their way, whatever. But God's not that way. That Don't blame God for that. If you run into somebody that's religious and they've lost their way and they've uh, lost God's not their, Jesus not their first love anymore and, and you see bad things happening, well, that's not God. That's just that person. Don't blame God for that. God has integrity. If you bring him, you give him your first fruits, he will bless you. The end, period. One million percent of the time. When will he do it? Well, sometimes will it look like it's not working? Yes. Sometimes will it look like, hmm, it'd be a really good time right now, Lord, to show up with this, uh, this deal here is going on in my life. It's getting intense. You know, what about that? That's when you find out what that's called. James calls it a test. He said, there are any trials and tribulations in your life? Well, or afflictions, he says in one version. It says, then it's only the rejoice, it says. I remember reading that the first time I was thinking, yeah, right. 
It just all hell just broke loose. I'm supposed to rejoice? Are you kidding me? <clears throat> but he said rejoice because it's only the, why? Because it's only the testing of your faith. Now here's the good thing about a test. You can pass it. Now you can fail it too. And some people do. But if you fast it, how do you pass the test? You don't quit believing. Well, what if it don't look like it's working? You don't quit believing. What if it looks like exactly the opposite of working? You don't quit believing. Well, when is he going to do it? I don't know. I can't tell you that. How's he going to do it? He ain't going to do it the way you tell him to. He's going to do it. He's going to be God. He ain't going to let you be God. He ain't going <laughs> to... But he's going to do everything he said he's going to do. Every time he said he's going to do it. And boy, it's, ooh, it's glorious when it happens. It's awesome. What an adventure. Anyway, I don't know where I got that, but I had to go there for a while. So, First <clears throat> Peter 5 and 6 says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that in due season he may exalt you. When is due season? Isn't that... Has anybody ever thought that is my only one that's uh, been concerned about that a couple of times? We always think it's due season today, right? Come on. Well, God knows when due season is. Anybody love, love your kids? Do I have any parents in here that love your kids? Come on. I had a few people put their hand up, Pastor. They don't like their kids. But, you know. but if you love your kids and you have a billion dollars, let's just say, for just saying, if you had a billion dollars and your kid was going off to college, you'd buy him a good car. You wouldn't buy him an old clunker that's going to fall apart first time he goes to work or goes to school. You'd buy him a good car because he's a Christian, because he loves the Lord, because he's responsible. and he's, You can trust him with that. But you loved him just as much when he was 16 as when he was 18. Why didn't you buy him a car then? Or when he was 6? Say when he's 6 or 7. You didn't buy him a car because he might hurt himself or somebody else. He wasn't waiting on you. You were waiting on him. There are things that your heavenly father has been waiting on you for a long time to grow up. So he can trust you with that and you won't hurt you or you anybody else. There are lots of things. That are, why can't you see them? Because we don't live by sight. We live by faith. Amen. Right over the hill and around the curve, there's some stuff waiting on you right there. If you'll go and grow up this year, you'll get to enjoy it this year. But if you don't, you know, if you want to stay in the third grade four or five more years, God will wait. He'll wait until you get, you know, if you're the only one shaving in the third grade, it's time to wake up. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. Somebody, somebody I'm talking to somebody. <clears throat> James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit yourself unto God. Now, everybody quotes this last part of the scripture, but you got to read the first part first. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But not if you hadn't submitted to God. You're fighting the devil by yourself if you only, if you only resist the devil without submitting to God. <clears throat> we know there's two ways to live. There's by sight, and that's the natural way, or by faith. That's the supernatural way. But I want to get into this. Um, I remember, you know, I think it was 1962, it was. I got out of high school and went in the Army. In those days, you had to go. You'd get drafted if you didn't join. So I joined 
And I got sent to uh, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, Fort Jackson for basic training. And it was a tough, you know, I was 17. I just got into high school. I was 5'4". When I went in the Army, I was 5 feet and 4 inches tall with 119 pounds. I was a little guy. When you're little, you get, especially my parents moved a lot. I went to 11 different schools and only, only went 12 years. I mean, we moved constantly. Well, if you're little, then the bully gets you, you know what I mean? You get bullied if you're little. Well, no, that's, don't feel sorry for me. Everybody gets bullied except the bully. It's, it's happened to all of us. It's no big deal. You know, it's just life. <clears throat> but you don't want to be 5'4 when you get, uh, you know, we were talking about being uh, short. I was short. I was little, and I got pushed around a lot. When I went in the Army, I gained seven inches taller in six months. I grew seven inches. Well, the only problem with that is they, when you go in the Army, they give you this green outfit. And it turns, after you wear it a while, and the sun gets washed a few times, it turns light green. Uh, but then when you grow, you have to get a new uniform. And it's bright green. It looks like you just got in the Army that day. So everybody treats you like a rookie when you got it. And you've already been there months. That happened to me three times. I had to go through those three times. And I gained 35 pounds in six months in the Army. And, and uh, <clears throat> when I got out, I remember going home beating up my brothers. <laughs> Both of my brothers have been picking on me all my life, but they quit. It was, it was, probably shouldn't have told that. <clears throat> in the Army, though, the good thing about the Army is everybody gets the same. It's a big machine, man. You don't realize how big that fort is until you see all those people every day. And you're just in one, one little company and then that, that, you know, you're in one squad and then the company and then the battalion. Boy, when you get that whole bunch together, it's a big army. And they train them so good. It's so good what they do to you. They shave your head, which I think is rude. <laughs> you know, but they do. They take your name. They, you become a number. You become green. And uh, you, they basically take you from being an individual and make you a machine. With everybody else, your, your team. And they do that to your mind. They do it in your face. subtle, but they do it. Well, every day you watch and you, you listen. You, you go through. The, they, put the, they teach you how to wear the gas mask. Then they put you in a room and they let the gas go and they take your mask off and you got to put it back on by yourself. You know what I mean? They train you and then they go through the thing. One day we were sitting in the uh, hand grenade place where they throw the hand grenade. The hand grenade is heavier than it looks, so you can't throw it like a baseball. You won't be very accurate. So they show you how to, and while there's, and, and Master Sergeant, man, the, the teachers in training, they're guys who had gone through Korea at that time. It hadn't, hadn't happened yet. <clears throat> but they were tough guys. They had seen a lot of death, and, and, and so they were real tough guys, and they didn't take any stuff, right? So we're sitting up here. There's, everywhere they teach you, there's an amphitheater-looking thing. And the teacher's down here, the sergeant, and you're sitting up here in these chairs, and you're listening to this guy, and he's telling, here's this pit in front of you, and there's the tank. It's about four years old. It's, it's been blown up at least every day for 40 years. There's no paint on it. This tank, it looks like somebody went out there and took the paint off of it. But it's been blown up so many times. But there's a barrier that you've got to get that hand grenade over. If it doesn't get over that barrier, you're in the room when that goes off. It kills you. Now, I think this would be a good time to pay attention. While I'm listening to Sarge tell me, and I'm thinking, I'm going to do this right. 
There's a little hole there. You know, if anything goes wrong, it's supposed to go to this phone, blow up. Maybe you get safe if you get safe if you get far enough away. But who wants to take a chance? Pay attention. I look over and I hear a guy snoring. And I look down the road and a guy's sound asleep during this. And I'm thinking, do I want to be in the... Do you want to be in a foxhole with this guy? Do you want him to have your back when the war starts? And it's just like church. You have to make up your mind. I mean... <clears throat> We don't come to church to find out what to wear on Easter Sunday. We come to church to find out what to do when all hell breaks loose. I mean, it's three o'clock in the morning and the devil says, I got you now, sucker. I'm a kid this time. You got to know what to do. You can't get the choir singing and get everybody praying for you and get on the prayer line. It's time for you to know who you are in Christ. Now, this man knows who he is. If you'll pay attention, you'll know who you are if you don't already. If you're um, <clears throat> watching this from home, pay attention. He's right. You do need a pastor. That is a special gift from God to you. I have a pastor, George Pearson, and he, he's a man of God. It, he is not just the guy who is preaching at the church I go to. He's my gift from God he and Terry helped me to be who God wants me to be. And they have a special gift, and it's specific for me and Christy. And you've got to find out who that is if you're watching from home and find out who that is for you because it will make a huge difference. Everybody got the same training? Everybody heard Master? Only a few were prepared for the possibility of war. And that's what we've got to get ready for, spiritual war. It happens all the time around us. Either we get pushed around all the time or we win every time. This is the victory that overcomes the world. We don't need to just say it. We need to do it. Amen. Even our faith. Praise God. Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you hit them in the mouth. <laughs> everybody's going to win the war. Until he hit them in the mouth. And then they were like, whoa, what happened? You know, all the plan, all the studying, all the practicing, all the sparring went right out the window. Listen, the devil's been hitting people in the mouth for a long time. He's good at it. We got to have, like Pastor said, the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's if we do things his way. <clears throat> we don't study the Bible. We study the Bible to find out what to do when all the, the devil comes against us. When somebody's dying or hurting or scared or depressed, addicted, we've got to know what we believe and what to do and what to say about it. We've got to stay focused in the battle. It's too late to cry. It's too, what a waste of time. If Mike Tyson hits you, you ever see one of those guys go over and sit down and cry? Why me, Lord? What a waste of time. It's time to do what God said to do. Believe God. Pass the test. Hallelujah. <clears throat> if you stay laser focused and prepared... That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to prepare us for today. Now, obviously, Christy already told you we've had some things happen. We've had some tests, you know, come our way. And we have to, um, 
you know, we haven't been here in a while because it's been heavy. We've been on the road. We haven't stopped. We haven't slowed down. We haven't canceled anything. A couple of times we had to be in the hospital when we were supposed to be on the road. So we put it off for a week or two. But we did, we did everything God told us to do. And we're going to continue to do that. This is just, you know, it's, it's time consuming. But we're learning from it. There, was a, there is a better way. Sometimes... The devil attacks you because you left the door. Sometimes he attacks you just because he's a devil. And the meaning of the fictions of the righteous. But he delivers us out of them all. Not some of them. You have to decide now though. You don't want to decide that once you get affected. You want to decide that now. Does he deliver them out of them all? Are you one of them? If he sent his word and healed them, are you one of them? Are you uh, in the neighborhood? Do you go to the same church with them? <laughs> or are you one of them? Amen. When he sent his word and healed them, were you healed? Yes. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And later on, verse 14, it says in John 1, and, and we beheld his glory as have the Son of God. Jesus, the word became flesh. His name is Jesus. And when he comes into your life, other things will go out of your life. And that's a good thing, man. Then then you can, and we go through these things. We don't know why. We don't know why sometimes things, why do things happen uh, to good people? They happen to good people because there's an enemy of God. And in this life, you you can't, I mean, when I got saved, I remember I was rocking on Mrs. and like, like Pastor said, I, <clears throat> When you, when you see, you know, two of the Beatles played on one of my records. When you see, and you guys, the young ones won't remember the Beatles, but they were a big band. They were a big band. They were the biggest band. And they changed the way music was done. Elvis, uh, Elvis cut one of my songs out, and Johnny Cash, and, and I got to know the Stones and the Who and Clapton and Dylan, lots of, the, you know, the Almond Brothers and the Dead and lots of bands. We traveled together and toured together and recorded and wrote songs together. And, and, uh, and so those were interesting people. To listen to Bob Dylan, uh, the way he wrote songs, the way he communicated, forget his voice. He never claimed to be a singer. Hey, hey, you know. He, but he communicated well. And he wrote good songs. And when to, to listen to his mind was interesting. But listen, I get to hang out with God now. You know that if I want to go home today and hang out with God for a while, he will. And if I open his Bible, he will talk to me. It is his word. Well, I can let Daryl talk, or I can let God talk to me. You can do both, you know. We should do both because we need explained. <clears throat> I need Brother Copeland. I watch him constantly, but he, all he talks about is God. He gives his testimony, but he talks about what he's learning from the Word. Man, I need that. I need it. My, all those times I took LSD, it's not as organized in here as it would have been if I hadn't. You know what I mean? It was not chemically enhanced. It's not a biblical concept. And I had to be re, my, my mind had to be re, renewed. Thank you. See what I mean? It still needs to be renewed. <clears throat> well, one of the ways that we get renewed is James 1 and verse 22. It says, be doers of the word. 
and not hearers only. Deceiving. Now, notice this. Man, this is amazing. Uh, not yet. <laughs> James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. If you don't, if you hear, if God tells you what to do and you do something else, according to God, you don't even need the devil to deceive you. You will do it to yourself. Now that's, I know this is not very nice in church, but that's just stupid. If I deceive myself, I am not very smart. Come on. I need, I mean, I need to exact the opposite. So I need to make sure that when God tells me something, I get the revelation that I do just that, that way. What if I don't, what's not comfortable? Well, usually it's not. I've been a Christian now for 42 years. And I read the Bible every day and I pray in tongues every day. And, you know, I do the things. I, I constantly go to meetings. And, or if I'm not preaching, I'm somewhere studying. But do I do it right all the time? No. Do I do it right? Do I have to constantly be corrected? Every year I think I'm doing really good. Why do I have to get corrected? Every year I look back and say, well, I wasn't doing that right. But last year I thought I was. Why? Because last year I was deceived. Jesus wouldn't say, continue in my word and you will know the truth if you already know it. So, you, I hate to tell you this, I know we're in church, but you're still somewhat deceived. There's some things you don't yet understand. And so, we have to keep pushing. We have to keep, Paul called it, pressing on toward the mark of the high calling because of what Jesus had done. It's high. It's higher than high. You don't realize how, I mean, man, there is so much place. We can go so high. It's amazing. It's amazing what God's got in store for us. <clears throat> if you really believe God is honest, he is a rewarder of those who diligent, what? Diligent, diligently seek him. <clears throat> he rebukes the devourer for our sakes when we tithe. Now, Please, I cannot tell you. For 10%, God said, bring the tithe, bring the first year of your, of your increase. Bring the, your first fruits into the house. He didn't say give them. He said, bring them. They're already mine. He said, in fact, in Malachi 10, he said, you're robbing me if you don't. Malachi 3, verse 10. He said, don't, can a man rob God, verse 8? Well, it's ridiculous. You know, here's God. Okay, God, give me a watch. He ain't going to get away with it. And can a man rob God? No, is the answer. <clears throat> well, he said, but you robbed me in the tithes and offerings. Now, listen, this is important. Now, I know some people don't believe this, but I do. It says, like Pastor says, it says in the New Testament, it says in the Old Testament. God belongs. He wants us to be involved in building his kingdom, and he wants us to keep it first. And this is the one of the ways we keep it first. We, we disallow money. Man, I have known some billionaires with a B. I still know some. I have um, some friends that are very wealthy. Jesus said, it's mere money. He didn't even mention the devil. He said, you will serve. You can't serve two masters. It's mere money. Which is going to master you? Which do you think will help your, the quality of your life? If you get more money, will you be happier? Or if you get more me, will you be happier? That's what it comes down to. 
And some people have decided, and they got, they're good people. They go to church, they tell the truth, they're good people. But they still work more at getting more money than to do it get more Jesus. <clears throat> Been very little time on that one. But if he is first, will he take care of me? I hadn't had a job since I got born again in 1980. I, I take that back. I was a janitor at my church for a while. I was toilet bowl cleaner at the church. I quit rock and roll <clears throat> where it made a, a million and a third that year. Almost a million and a half dollars in the first part of that year. And I quit and became a, a janitor at my church for 175 weeks. And uh, my f first wife didn't like that. She wanted to be married to a rock and roll star, made a lot of money, had a lot of credit cards, and stayed out of town all the time. And uh, she didn't want to be married to a janitor. And uh, that when they came, got the Mercedes, and the, uh, you know, when they got my Porsche, that wasn't a big deal. But when they got her Mercedes, that was a big deal. And uh, so there was some adjustment. Was there a wise way to do that? Probably. But if you're a heroin addict, man, believe me, when I got born again, I didn't jump off the cliff. I dove off. I wanted to live by faith, and I didn't know how. And I knew that if I went back to that job one more time, I'd do like I'd done before. I'd go turkey. I'd gotten the dope out of my system in the last two weeks, not one time. And it takes three or four days and nights of cold turkey laying for you. You throw up until there's nothing left in you, and, and then you have stomach cramps for day and night, and it's, it's horrible. And you finally get clean. I'd get around the dope, and I couldn't make it. I, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't wise enough. I wasn't whatever enough. I just got stoned again. And the girls and the, all the temptation there, I wasn't strong enough to do what was right in the sight of God. And so for me, I need to be a janitor. I need to clean toilet bowls and go to Bible school. And that's what I did. And I'm so thankful. And I, it, was the wisest, it was a wise decision, but it was pretty radical. You know, I look back on it, I'm pretty shocked myself. Would I do that again? I don't know. But at the time, I was desperate. I just need God's help. And thank God I got it. He said he would rebuke the devourer for your sake if you give him, for 10% people, that's the best deal in the country. You can't find that investment anywhere. And he's doing that for me right now. Why would you forgive unconditionally? Because God's love is unconditional. Everything that we do for him, he wants us to do what he's done for us. He forgave me. What if he'd only forgive me for some of my sins? I'd still be a sinner. But he forgave all of my sins. Psalm 103 says. He forgave. He healed all my diseases. Boy, listen. If he only forgives some of your, uh, your sins, he only forgives some of your sicknesses and diseases. He only heals some of them. That's not true. He heals all of them. And, he, and that's good news. You want to be involved in that one. Amen. But he wants us to do that for others. He wants us to have mercy on others. Just the way he had mercy on you. Now listen, if you're thinking about somebody right now, you need to go to that person and get it straight. It's real quiet in the house of God right now. If somebody is brought up to you, there's no condemnation, there's no guilt, but you need to get things straight. Jesus is coming. Everybody says that, but what if you thought he was coming on Tuesday? You wouldn't mess around. 
You wouldn't put it off again. You'd go ahead and get it straight. I was praying about what to preach here today. And that's none of my business, you know, that's God's business. I don't know y'all. I don't know what's going on in your life. And I said, Lord, what can I do? How can I help these people? It's your kingdom. And what do you want me to talk to them about? And he said, well, what would you say to them if it was the last time you were going to get to talk to them? Now, I'm not planning on not being here next year. I'm just saying, but you couldn't get this same crowd together in a year. Somebody won't be here. If you come back five years from now, if we have five years left, we don't know. So today would be a good day to get things right with everybody. Ooh, boy. Now listen, you talk about clearing out the junk out of your house, you get some junk out of your life. You get some bad Stuff replaced by really, really good stuff. Because when forgiveness, listen, when he forgave me, it changed everything. There are some people that need to be forgiven. We need to have mercy on them. We need to pray for them. Not If they've made themselves to be your enemy, that doesn't mean you're their enemy. It just means they're your enemy. God said we're supposed to love our enemies. Now, we're known, we don't have to trust them. He didn't say let them beat you up again today. He didn't say, go over there and let your dog bite you. You know what I mean? You can love them from home. But, you know, be wise, but love them. And that means you got to pray for them. Those who spitefully use you, bless them. Pray for those who, who, uh, who, who don't, who you know, you've forgiven and forgiven and forgiven and they keep doing it. And they're probably going to do it again tomorrow. But there's a way to handle that, and God gives wisdom in the way you forgive. <clears throat> Be patient with rude people. Why? Love is not rude. Why? 1 Corinthians 13, 5, we mean a love chapter. Love is not rude. They don't really love you. If they say they love you and they're rude to you all the time, they don't really love you, according to God. God love is not rude, period, the end. They know they should love you, so they pretend to. They might tell you they love you. But if they love you, they'll be kind to you. If they really love you, they'll be kind to you. I've had people say, well, I loved her so much. You know, uh, people in jail, I've done a lot of prison ministry. So sometimes you, well, I loved her so much, I just, so that's an excuse for killing her. No, that ain't love. Come on, love is kind, it's gentle, it's peaceful. God is love and the greatest of these there'll be when we get to heaven we'll still have faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love now what is this kingdom about this this place where Jesus is the king in the earth it pastors right kingdom uh, king's dominion dominion is is wherever if he is my king then he's the boss I'm not the king if I do my will instead of his I'm the lord of my life if he tells me in his word to do it one way and I don't like that way and I do it, if he tells me to forgive and I'm mad at them and I don't want to, then he's not the Lord of my life. I am. And that's dangerous. So we need to, <clears throat> Second, uh, I'm sorry, Galatians 5, 22 talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And love is the first one, of course. It's always the first one. But 
if you really will allow him, it says if we allow the Holy Spirit to be in control, he will produce this kind of fruit in our lives. And what is this fruit? It's the personality of God. It is the personality of Jesus Christ. Love. He is love. Joy. His joy makes us strong. Peace. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but when it hits the fan, you won't. People say, why aren't you freaking out? Because I got the peace of Jesus Christ. It, how can you? You can't understand it. It passes understanding. Patience. Oh, did he say, did the preacher say that on Sunday? Rats. Patience. We can't, if we have all the other and we don't have that, something's wrong. Kindness. Gentle. We should be the kindest, gentlest people. Now, it doesn't mean we don't know how to be tough. We have to. But we get, we're tough on the devil. We're not doing battle against flesh and blood. We're doing battle against powers and principalities in the unseen world, rulers of darkness. <clears throat> and we can be tough then. We've got to be. But on each other? No, we're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to be kind to each other. And gentle. Now, does that mean that we don't, when somebody won't do things the way God says, after a while, you can ask them kindly and you can ask them nicely, but after a while, you got to demand. you got to say, what? wait a minute now, it's for me and my house. This is the we're going to do it. We're going to do it God's way. Because he's, this is his house. Amen. <clears throat> So, if we make up our mind, we'll be gentle, we'll be peaceful, we'll be faithful, we'll, be, we'll have self-control. Lust, debt, mouth, through the Spirit, uh, I'm going to leave that alone. Never mind, I'm not going there. I see what time it is, and I'm not going there. Matthew 7, 20, by their fruit you will know them. Matthew 7, 20, well, Jesus actually said this. He said, why do you call me Lord if you won't do what I tell you? I'm not your Lord. Now, Jesus said that. Why do you call me Lord if you do what you want to, when you want to, and you ignore my word? So we have to... <clears throat> the fruit of the Holy Spirit, unless you have it, Jesus is not Lord. Unless you obey God, he's not Lord, and we need to, that's, that's who we were. In other words, who we were is one thing, who we are is something else. We are not who we were. If we were unkind or un- impatient, that's okay. That's honest to be honest about it. But it's good to say, okay, not anymore. If today's the last day, great. Let this be a, what a holy day it would be if somebody said, I'm going to be patient and kind from now on. I'm going to be faithful and gentle. And I'm going to have self-control. I'm going to control my mouth. Hmm. What a nice thought. <clears throat> Wouldn't the internet be different? The old creature and the new creature is not the same guy. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Dead. Dead. The old guy, he's gone. I have no excuse for being that guy ever again. I am a new creature. 
all things. Behold, all, how many is all? All, everything is brand new. Now, if that's not true, I haven't been crucified with Christ. So it's time to work on that one today and be honest with God and ask him. You know, quite often I just say, well, Lord, what's going on here? I need help. I have not been honesty. Well, I've worked at this, but I hadn't got it, so something's wrong. I'm not paying attention somewhere. I'm not, I'm being selfish. I'm doing something, you know, help me, God. And he always does to become brand new. If you are still the old man, you need to humble yourself and rededicate your life. Surrender, which that means surrender your will to God. I remember the day I, man, my parents were gospel singers. Every day at my house, they sung. They and their friends were musicians. They were, they had a TV show when I was a kid. When I went to kindergarten, when I came home, they were rehearsing. So there were people around the piano and they had guitars and I mean, and I, I thought that was normal. Every weekend we went and did gigs. When we had five kids, so one kid went every weekend. And one, we took turns going to mom and dad. And you go and you eat in truck stops and, and go to bed at midnight and sleep in the car. And, and uh, we thought that was normal. We thought everybody did stuff like that. Everybody got their, their you know, I grew up thinking, man, when I grew up, I'm a Keep me an axe. I'm going to get whatever I could play. I could play a ukulele when I was little. That was my first max. And then I could play a mandolin. My daddy had a mandolin. Then a banjo. Then a guitar. Then a bass. And every every time the strings got bigger and my fingers got stronger and bigger, I could play another instrument. So I learned to play all those instruments. It was wonderful. And they made sounds. And, and there was, I don't know how it was to everybody else, but to me it was like there's sounds. And I get to choose what sounds people hear. And I can make this red, or I can make it green, or I can make it feel like this, or I can make, and I can tell what I saw and what I was thinking about that day and who I met. It was like a musical diary, writing songs through, like I'm just documenting where uh, my life. And I went, I didn't know why anybody else didn't do that. The question wasn't why do I write songs, it was why doesn't everybody? To me, because it seemed that natural. But it wasn't. I see now. It wasn't normal. And <clears throat> so, there, how, whatever you're good at, whatever God does to you, however you see things, that's good. We need that. We need you. We need you to be who you are in Christ. We need you to come to full development and be who you are. Believe it or not, I'm getting... Does anybody believe I'm getting close to the end? Notice, was, was anybody... Come on, anybody believe that I'm about to quit? Well, I got one hand, Pastor. I got two. Oh, I got... Wait, I got three. <clears throat> Joshua 24 and 15 says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, <clears throat> you may have think you made that decision once. You need to make that every day. That was yesterday. Who will you serve today? Because yesterday you may have done really good. Today is a whole new day. The war will not be the same today, the warfare. If the enemy didn't, if what he tried yesterday didn't work, believe me, he will go and wait for a better time. But he will try again. World news is full of worry and fear. Victory Channel... Truth, peace, and rest. Amen. 
What will truth do? It'll set you free. If you know it and you do it. If you don't know it and you don't do it. And there's been, and I've been studying, like I said, 42 years. There's so much I'm learning that I don't know. There's so much that's new to, to revelation to me every year. This book is a big book. The Bible is a big book. And he's God. I mean, the understanding of him, it, we haven't, I'm in kindergarten. I really believe. I, I've been shaving in the third grade for years. I mean, <clears throat> there, this is so exciting with God every day. But there, God has created things like the Victory Channel, things like the church, for us to study every day and to learn. To have faith 24 hours a day. If you're serious, then you might want to give a little less time to the news and the internet and a little bit more time to study but I'm not saying that's not, you know, I go be in a church where if you hold your hand there one more hour, you'll get heavy breakthrough. Or if you go to one more all night in prayer meeting and pray until you, or if you, start, or if you fast until you starve to death. I mean, you're 40 pounds. You know what I mean? No, it's not that way. You ain't talking God in nothing. Just because you go hungry doesn't mean he's got to do anything. It's for you, not him. It's for you to stop what you were doing and think about what he's doing, what he's saying. That's the purpose of fasting. It's a good thing if we do it with the right reason. <clears throat> but if we do it for the wrong reason, it's a religious waste of time. You can't talk God. It's not works. It's like Pastor said. It's not what you do fighting the devil. It's what God has already done. Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Because you've got one doubt, you're in, you don't believe it. I got one amen. Anybody else want to vote on that one? Everybody still thinking about that? <clears throat> this is really important. Doubt. What if, what if the doctor says you got cancer? And they run the test and, they, and you pray and you pray and you pray. And then you don't expect it. You know, you expect it to be gone because you prayed and you, you confessed in the word and you believe it. And, and you taught it and you, it's part of you. And, you, and then it's still there next time they look and then the next time and you go through that for years what should you do this is a good question now you should keep believing why didn't it it's a waste of time trying to figure that out it is a total waste of time why didn't it work the first time listen when you're in a battle you can't you lean on your own understanding you have to lean on God and his word is it the truth? You have to have no doubt. What if it didn't work that time? It's time to, what time is it? Having done all else, check and see if you've done all else. Don't stand where you are if you hadn't done all else. Stand, but only stand if you've done all else. Get back to the word. Okay, did I, God told me to forgive. Did I do it? God told me to give. Did I do it? Now, if you give a little bit, Maybe you ought to consider that he said, if you give sparingly, you'll receive sparingly. But if your money isn't coming, you know, if it's not there at the end of the week, there's two ways to look at that. One is that God's giving you enough money and you can spend it. Uh-oh. Did he, the preacher say that? My goodness gracious. He didn't quit preaching, gone meddling now. No, if you go to the mall and get what everybody else wants, man, the kingdom comes first. I don't come first. I don't get a new car while the kingdom... If, if God tells me to do something, that comes first. 
And I have to keep that first. I have. He told me to owe no man anything but love. Boy, people get mad when you say that. Go read verse 13, Romans 13, 8 for yourself. That's God talking. Owing the borrower is slave to the lender. If you get in debt, then the government can pull stuff on you. And they give you a little money and make you depend on them. But if you get in debt, the borrower is slave to the lender. God said that. So we have a choice. Do we trust him or should we go in debt? And some people, the family I grew up in, my uncle had a t-shirt that said, whoever dies owing the most wins. I'm serious. He had a t-shirt that. We thought when my daddy introduced me to the banker, I could borrow money from him. I thought that was a good thing. God said, I've got a better way. You can bring the tithe and give them the offerings and, and save and do things my way. And ooh, watch what I do. And boy, then they can't take it away from you. They can't put pressure on you. They can't put stress on you. If God tells you to do something, you just do it. Amen. Oh, that's freedom. Boy, that's, I, I realize that even the train's fussing about that one. That was... <clears throat> 1 John 5 and 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, how do you get faith? You have to, I mean, you can own a gymnasium, but if you never go there, you won't ever get any muscles. Come on. You can go there and look at it every day, it won't give you one muscle. You got to get in there and sweat. You can own the church. But if you don't exercise your faith, you won't ever get any more. You got to start where you are. What are you believing for? You can't try to change the world the next 10 seconds. But God, now I mean, I'm not saying he can't do that. I'm, I'm, I've watched him do that at times. There's times when my life got struck by light and it was like, whoa, did you see that? You're going along like a little turtle one foot at a time. You're just doing what God told you to do. Just being, it's almost boring. You just do it every day. And you do it, and you do it. And one day you get overtaken by the blessing. Anybody been overtaken? Like you're going down the highway doing 55, and the other guy's doing 110. It goes by you fast. You don't see him coming in the mirror. And all of a sudden, boom. You get overtaken by the blessings of God. It's like, whoa, did you see that? My goodness. I've seen, I've seen that happen a few times. But we can't depend on that because we never see that coming. We're not, we have to depend on God is going to get it done. How is he going to do it? My job is to just do what he told me to do. Now, I would increase your faith. We've got over 200 TV shows now. And we've organized them. The new website's up now. And if you want to own healing, you can, it'll show you the shows that are on healing. It'll show you which names they are and, and where they are, and it'll pull them up for you. It's on demand. So you, even if you don't have this on TV, you can go to my website, mylon.org, O-R-G, and you can pull up on dope addiction or on uh, porn addiction or on... Uh, divorce or um, whatever. Whatever you want to study, we've got over 200 of What did God say? That's the only reason to do the show. We, what did God say? 
because that'll help. My own opinion, useless. Now, I have learned some things that I can testify to, and Satan is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I do, I testify as much as possible. We have holy matrimony. We finally wrote a book about it because the honeymoon is not over. We've been married 24 years, and we have an amazing relationship. I, I was married once before. My ex-wife left me after I got born again. I wasn't as exciting to her as I was when I met her at the bar. And so when I got born again, my life uh, changed. She ran off with somebody else. Well, that left me alone after. Now I have a daughter. Now I was in a preacher. You know how much a divorce is not fun to go through when you're anytime, but especially when you're a preacher. Man, people, you know. And then, oh, bog, last thing you should do is marry a young blonde. If you're a preacher and you get divorced, I wouldn't suggest marrying a young blonde. <clears throat> this is not good for our business. So, you know, we went through that. We Did we learn something? Yes. Have we put in the word? Yes. Can we help some marriages? Yes. We are trying our best to give everything away. We can't give away the stuff we don't own. The publisher owns the publishing. So we can't give away the books. But we can get, we're giving away everything we can. We're not here, we're not on this earth to get money from anybody. We never ask for it. We never write a letter. If you're our partner, Pastor uh, Linda it runs our prayer department. She knows. We don't ask anybody for money. Now, if, you're, if we tell them to give and to tithe, but if they want to give to your church and, or somebody else, tithe to somebody else, that's fine with me as long as they do what God wants them to do. Where it comes to me is, is his business. But if he, I'm trying to help you. If you want to grow your faith, then we're a source that can help. Uh, you can watch those TV shows, Freedom from, we call the show On the Road to Freedom because, you know, Jesus and Christy told you about that earlier. Um, on the, Jesus said, if you stay on the road, you, if you stay in my word, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about freedom from compulsion, debt, fear, anger, obsession, bitterness, perfection, Pornography, drugs, alcohol, marriage, oppression, it's all free. All the shows are free. I would encourage you to be transformed. Romans 12, 2 said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't transform yourself. But you can get your mind renewed. Now, I'm about to sit down. <clears throat> I want to say this before I do. I, I've got two minutes left. Jesus is coming soon. Brother Colbert and I talked about this one day and we were getting ready to go on. Uh, I had a plane. I gave it. I sold it in another ministry. I don't have it right now. But we were at the airport and he was fixing to go someplace to preach and I was fixing to go somewhere else. We were about to leave. So we sat in his office and talked about the last days and what, what exactly does it mean? I had some questions. Now, I don't bother him much because he's busy, busy, but he lets me ask him, he is my father in the faith, and he lets me ask him questions. He's been knowing God longer than I have <clears throat> and better. And so I talked to him about Matthew 24, where the disciples went to Jesus and said, hell, we know when it's really happening. When are you coming again? And so I said, you know, I want to talk to you about the last days. He said, there, this is not the last days. I said, what? Now, I've learned the hard way, don't, when when, Christ, when, when Brother Colvin says that, don't say anything. When, when he pulls one on you, 
don't go for it. I've already stuck both feet in my mouth too many times <clears throat> at times like this. So it's best to let him think. And, to, and he'll sometimes look at you. His eyes are about the color of your jacket. His light blue. And boy, when he's anointed, he'll stare. A hole in you. He's seeing right through you. And, and, and you know where he is. But he'll just get quiet. And he may go for a minute. The boy's really tempted to say something. I've made a mistake many, many times. But if you wait... You'll get some real wisdom. And what he said was, these are the last, these are not the last days, these are the last of the last days. And then he told me what the Bible says and why that is going on. And we are in, I don't know how serious you are or how you want to spend the rest of your life. Some people just create more problems and they can pray about them, but they continually ignore God. And they, and they go to church all the time. They're good people. I mean, they're some of my partners. And so I read the letters. And I read the emails. And I read their Facebook uh, sayings. And I know what's really going on in their life when I pray for them. I see things in the Spirit. And I, I see the Word and I tell them the Word. And sometimes it's been 10 years and they got the same problem they had because they didn't do what the Lord told them. So why pray for them? Why spend my time going in the prayer closet? Because when, when God tells me what to tell them, I come out and tell them it doesn't do any good. I, I want to give it to somebody who it will do good for. So I'm asking you, what do you want to do? God has got somebody here for you that will answer your questions. He'll tell you what God said about it. Are you serious about that? When I was a child, the Bible says I spoke like a child. It doesn't say just that I acted like or I, I, it says I spoke like a child. What we say is really, really important when it comes to God. It's time to put away childish things because time is running out. Now's the time. You ever seen on TV, you'd be flipping around and sometimes they go and there's this poker game and the guy will go all in when he puts all his chips in. It's time to go all in. It's time to decide who's got the best game in town. There's only one. His name is Jesus. It's time to surrender your will to God. Now, when I talk to Jesus, I mean, when I talk to Kenneth about Jesus coming, he said this, he, you know, he reads King James. I read uh, most of the time out of the Amplified Classic version of the Bible. And it's got different wording. Uh, for instance, if you say the word patience in my Bible will be long-suffering in his Bible. So it means the same thing. It's just King James' old anger. So I asked Kenneth, I said, you know, Long-suffering, when, when God says uh, a day is a thousand years to the Lord, well, if, if God yawns, that went a hundred years, you know what I mean? It, I mean, get out of town, you know, something. <clears throat> so we don't know how long long is. We just know that we will know the day or the hour, but we'll know the season. And we know that it is the season. So until he gets here, we got a job to do. And we need to be real serious about doing that job right. And we need to focus on how to do that job right and how to make it better every day for our family and for our loved ones, 
for our church and for the kingdom of God. And we can help each other do that. And we need to be focused on that, helping each other do that. And he was talking to me about long-suffering. He said, he said he talked to God about this one thing. And he said, the Lord told him, I am patient and I am, I never changed. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I don't have as long to suffer as I did. There were things you could get away with before for 10, 15 years because I'm so patient, 20. And I'd be patient with you and give you 50 chances instead of, or 100. But I don't have as long. You know, when, when, God, when, when God says it's what's happening on his watch account, it ain't no, you got plans for next year. But his plans will affect yours more than yours will affect him. When he decides it's over, it, dude, it's over. And it's in a blink of an eye. Check out how long it takes you to blink your eye. And we're face to face. And when he told me, I want you to talk to him as if it was the last time, I remember thinking, well, what would you say to somebody? Would I talk to you about the weather? I don't think so. Would I talk to you about uh, being a Democrat or Republican or being vaccinated or not? Listen, there's a heaven and there's a hell. There's only two places to go. If I want you to go to heaven to be with God for the rest of your life, or for, I want you to burn in a burning lake of fire for eternity, we're not going to talk about anything but Jesus. Nothing else counts. Let's really get down to it. So we need to decide that for everybody else. If you're in great shape, great. Make sure everybody else is. Make sure your kids, you know, is there anybody that we need to love on? Is there anybody that needs to be any forgiveness? Or do you need to say, I'm sorry to anybody, or I forgive you to anybody? It's time. If God's talking to you, be a doer of the word, not here only. He's coming soon. Can, uh, can you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.